is that you be thankful to him in all, mark that word, in all circumstances. Philippians 4.4, New Living Translation says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. As God's royal priesthood, we have a responsibility. The passage we read is that God is using every one of us as living stone, living stones to build his spiritual house. And in that house, he's also making us priest, his own spiritual priesthood. We are to function in that house to do what? To offer spiritual sacrifices. We have been saved as kings and priests. And we have a role, have a function. We are priests with functions to perform. We offer sacrifices. And we read again in Hebrews, therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are sacrifices that please God. Now from these passages, you can see that for us, a life of worship, a life of thanksgiving, a life of rejoicing is not optional. It's not what you do when you feel like doing it. Ours is a call to a life of self-sacrifice and consecration to God, beginning with presenting of our bodies to God a living sacrifice. And also our good deeds, our service, our benevolence to our fellow men continually, continually. God is well pleased when we live this way, when we live a life of sacrifice that brings him praise. Now, it is quite natural for us to rejoice and be thankful in times of manifest blessings. When we have victory, deliverance, healing, different forms of miracles and breakthroughs. God takes delight when we express our appreciation to him. Jesus commended the one out of the 10 who came to say to him, thank you, as we read in Luke 17, 17 to 19. You will think that is natural for everybody, but we do know that some people would pray and seek the face of God for blessing. God blesses them, and somebody asks them, how do you how manage? He said, well, we worked a little harder than before. But it takes an appreciation of God to acknowledge his benefit his blessings and be thankful that should be a natural flow of our hearts as people of god the lord delights in the praises of his people whether rendered individually corporately a cappella or with instrumentation by the way thank you for your good music i, I, I like your worship instrument, spontaneous new songs, contemporary or traditional, in a dance or any other form 
of worship expressed in, in, in any other way. As a matter of fact, God wants the totality of our lives to be expression of worship to him. The song we sing, praise you, praise you, praise you. Let my life praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Let my life, oh Lord, praise you. When people watch you, when you interact with people, they should see worship. They see a life that glorifies God. Now, I say, when the going is good and life is good, it's natural for us to flow out in our precision and thanksgiving. But what happens when life throws hard stuff on us? When does praise become a sacrifice? Sacrifice suggests cost, pain, self-deprivation. So how do we become, how does our praise become a sacrifice? When life throws unpleasant stuff on us, God wants us to respond with worship, praise, rejoicing. Whereas our natural tendency, our natural emotional react response usually is to grumble and ask questions. Why me? Why is this happening to me? God expects you to praise him. He expects you to praise him when our prayers appear unanswered and God appears distant. Have you been there before? When the struggles of life have wearied you, the family, the marriage, run out of wine, business is not good, you're having to buy money with money, sickness, prolonged sickness, failure, you struggled and all, all you see is failure, you're burnt out, you're depressed, and life has lost its spark. God wants you to praise him. In the face of pain, painful bereavement, loss of a spouse, loss of a child, a sibling, or close friend, does God want me to praise him? Standing by the grave of a loved one, when persecuted and when under persecution and all forms of trials, different forms of embarrassing waiting, you have a prayer group, you're praying for something and others have received answers to prayer and you're, you're still outstanding. What does God expect you to do? And when you're entangled in, in an unconfessed sin, you're shackled, you want to get out, but you can't. Or an act of, act, act of disobedience. You've done something that the Holy Spirit sent to you. Go and make it right. Go and confess. Go and say, I'm sorry. And say, you don't know what that guy has done, done to me. And in that 
act of life of disobedience, you still want to praise God. And your, and, and your praise and your worship, he can send us some, he bounces on the roof and bounces back. So how do we, do I continue to praise, worship God when I don't feel like praising God? What do I do? I will have to set aside my will and my emotions, humble myself, and sometimes with tears, and say to, to God, Lord, I thank you. I know you're working out your plans and purposes for my life. I thank you. That's an act of worship myself. Or help me, Lord, to, I don't feel like praising you, Lord. Help me to worship you. That's worship. God is not asking you to praise him or worship him because of the circumstances. But in spite of the circumstances. When you look beyond your circumstances and praise God, you're saying to God, I know you are more than this. You can override this. In spite of this, your name will be glorified in my life. I know you have the power to override this. Even before I see the breakthrough, I am thanking you and praising you. I know your power is beyond what I'm facing. That's worship. That's sacrifice. That's when prayer becomes a sacrifice. Now, what do you do when you're confronted with situations like this? There's no cure or formula, but you have to take each case on its own merit. However, I'd like to share with, you, with us some tips that might help us. But it is up to us individually to discern the cause of our spiritual apathy. When you come to a situation that you want to praise God and you can't, and your mouth feels dry, and your emotion is dry, the first thing to do is ask yourself, why am I in this situation? What has caused my apathy? Now, when you find out, start by, we are people of faith. The just shall live by faith. By faith, I must let my faith override my emotions by praising God, thanking God for his miracles, even when I don't see them, even when they are not manifest. I can start by thanking him for what he's done for me in the past. I can actually command my soul to praise God. David did that in Psalm 103. It's a very familiar psalm. Let's look at it. Psalm 103. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. You can go on and on. 
David might have found himself in a situation when he didn't feel like praising God. And there are several other such times. One of them is Psalm 42, you can read it. He said, as a dear partner for living water, so my soul longs after you. He wants to praise God, and yet he feels a dryness in his spirit. Here he's commanding, he's, he's beginning from the Lord's benefit. You can actually look yourself in the mirror and say, hey boy, praise the Lord. Thank him for what? Thank him for, for salvation. Thank him for your family. Thank him for the Bible. For the, you can begin to thank him for as many benefits they can think about. Praise God. And as you continue, your emotion will still kick in. I remember once I was in a fellowship and um, the worship was good. Everybody, typical Pentecostal fellowship, worship, people were excited and singing and clapping and dancing. For some reason, my spirit was dry. I couldn't catch on with that mood. So after, I felt so miserable. After service, I went to some park where nobody would hear me. And I began to sing, Jesus breaks every fetter. Jesus breaks every fetter. Jesus breaks every fetter. Jesus sets me free. Devil said, don't stop deceiving yourself. You know you'll not feel like it. You don't start deceiving yourself. You know you don't feel like that song you're singing. I ignored him. Jesus breaks every fetter. Jesus breaks every fetter. Jesus breaks every fetter. He has set me free. I will sing hallelujah. I will sing ha. As I began to sing, as I began to sing, all of a sudden from deep within me, the, the, the joy began to bubble up. And I began to dance. I began to jump around the whole park. Somebody would have thought I had gone crazy. But I let my faith override my emotion and commanded my soul to worship the Lord. And with time, it kicked in. You can do that too. Praise God. Praise God. When life becomes confusing and you don't know what to do, you can say to the Lord, Lord, I don't understand, but I love you. And I trust you. I trust your providential care. Help me to continue to worship you. Let's look at the book of Job. Job 23. Job 23. From verse 8. He said, look, look, I go forward, but he's not there. Backwards, but I cannot perceive him. When he walks on the left hand, I cannot behold him. When he turns to the right hand, I cannot see him, but I know the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot had held fast on his steps. I have kept his way and not turned aside. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. 
I have treasured the words of his mouth more than necessary food. More than necessary food. You can imagine Job came to a point that God appeared elusive. He couldn't reach him. He prayed in all the story of Job. He wanted to know why God was doing what he was doing. And he made absolute silence. But he held on to the word of God. He clung to, to the to the to, to goodness of God. And Luke 4 said, even this trial will walk after my it will refine me. At the end of it all, I shall become like gold. He refused to let his circumstances come between him and God. In the midst of his suffering, his faith in God remained contact, remained intact. Praise God. When life brings you to such dead end and God is distant and his promises appear elusive, don't let that cut you off. Lay hold on him and continue to confess by faith your love for him. Praise God. If in a state of sin or disobedience or compromise, the place to start is repentance, like David did in Psalm 51. And then cried, I let take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Acknowledge your sin before him. Now, the mistakes more of us make is to try to ignore our acts of disobedience, to ignore our, our backsliding back spiritual state. I want to come to church and lift up holy hands when our hands are not holy. God says to, to obey is better than sacrifice. Maybe you have ought against somebody, you need to go and say, I am sorry. Forgive me. God is saying, go and confess. Go and say, your, maybe your spouse. You come to church and give a good offering and do the religious things. But the act that God wants you to perform, go and say, I am sorry. You don't want to do it. Bible says to obey is better than sacrifice, to hearken better than the fat of rams. You can read that in 1 Samuel 15, 22. What to do when you feel that sin or compromise has disconnected your float with God? The thing to do is go back to where you missed it and say, Lord, I'm sorry. And then you will reconnect. Praise God. Now, in order for us to cope with, with situations like this, in order for us to be able to offer sacrifice of praise, in other words, in order for you to effectively praise God and worship him continually under all circumstances, when the words, your words seem to be falling apart, you need some foundation. You need to Look at your spiritual foundation. If your foundation is weak, you can't do it. Somebody says, what life does to you is often determined by what, by what life finds in you. What life does to you is often determined by what life finds in you. If the challenges of life encounter you when you're spiritually weak, only the grace of God and his mercy can help you. 
a time to begin with a time of quiet retreat in prayer and meditation will help. Maybe like Isaac, your spiritual wells have clogged up by sin of neglect of the Holy Spirit and you need to redig your old wells. Jesus said to us in Matthew 11, 28, in a message, I like it in message translation. He said, are you tired, born out, burned out of religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you will recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. I like that translation. When you find your world feel caged and, and, and seem, it seems strangled, it's a call for a retreat to come away with him and let him teach you how to dig your well. Paul's prayers for the Ephesian church in Ephesians 1, 17 to 30 and Ephesians 3, 16 to 21 are very instructive, very helpful. I don't even have time to read them, but let, it, it bears to the best reading. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians 1 from 17. Made from 16. Do not cease to pray. Assist, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. In other words, Paul prayed for the church for renewed and refreshed knowledge of God. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance and the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he walked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above principality and power and might and dominion and every name that's named, not only in this age, but also which is to come. In other words, Paul prayed for a renewed knowledge, a renewed vision. In fact, he tell, uh, Peter said, grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot worship somebody you do not know. Worship is, worship is relational. The more, the deeper you know God, the deeper your depth of worship of him. When you know the God you serve, the one who has called you, you're not going to cut off from him because, because some things are going wrong around you. You know he's a, a loving God. His love doesn't change. Look at chapter 3, 
Paul prayed for enhanced spiritual capacity. Chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole, the whole family of heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes all knowledge that you may be filled with all fullness of God let me stop there the summary of those prayers could be put this way number one right revelation of who of who we are our hope our expectation and that's very important. Sometimes our perception of God has to go beyond this, this earth. If only in this life we have hope, we have all men most miserable. We need to have eternal, eternity perspective. So we, we need to understand the hope to which we have been called. Life doesn't begin and end here. That's a life after life. Okay? You need to know uh, the, the investment that God has made in your life. The investment of his, of his salvation of the indwelling Holy Spirit, his word. God has expectation of you, having invested so much in you. So you don't chicken out at its slightest cha challenge in life. You need to know your authority. That's a power at work in you that should enable you to overcome whatever the enemy throws at you. If, we, if you would hang on. Praise God. He prayed that they be strengthened in the inner man by the spirit of God, that Christ may have room in our hearts. You see, when we embrace Christ, we need to let him take control of every area of our lives, our home, our business, our, our church life, even in our home, our interaction with every member of the family. Christ has to have room in your, in your, in your life. Say rooted, talks about your source of nourishment, rooted and grounded. In other words, your, your source of, of sustenance and your, the source of your stability or this, your stability should be in, Christ, in the love of Christ, that you be rooted and grounded in the love, love of Christ. You draw nourishment from the love of Christ. You draw stability by the knowledge of the fact that God loves you. And that you may apprehend the love of Christ in all its dimension. Love has dimension. Love has length, it has breadth, it has width, it has depth. What does that mean? That's a dimension of love that doesn't appear loving. God can put you in a corner and say, God, what have I done? But it's love that has put you there. And if you hang in, when he brings you out, say, ah, I didn't know if that was love. You can get fired. Say, what did after I paid all my tithe and they're firing me? It's the love of God. If you didn't know the love of God, you wait, you wait and say, Lord, I don't understand, but I trust you. Love had dimensions. Praise God. But it takes revelation for you to when you when you apprehend the love of God in all its dimension, when stuff begins to happen around you, you don't quit. 
Just look up to him who has called you. Praise God. Out of a life so enriched with the grace anchored on the love of God and drawing from the, his fullness will flow the praise and worship of God, worship to God that will in that that's, that be that's, that exceeds all on all understanding. That will enable you to praise Him and worship Him under all circumstances. Because this prayer will get you to know the Lord who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask for or imagine, according to the power that works in you. It takes a balanced knowledge of God and a healthy spiritual capacity to be able to look beyond our circumstances unto God in worship and praises. That, that's a sacrifice of praise. Now, that's a blessing. This should also motivate us. The blessing of a lifestyle of power, of praise and worship, particularly when offered in sacrifice. Praise, worship, and thanksgiving take our attention off ourselves and our circumstances and refocus them onto God, especially when offered sacrificially. In other words, when offered, when you don't feel like doing it. In fact, when you don't feel like praising God is when you really need to praise God. It is an expression of our faith and confidence in the sovereignty of God and in his providential care. When we trust God like this, it provokes his blessing. It provokes his presence. The Bible tells us that in Psalm 22, 3, that God inhabits the praises of his people. In other words, whenever we gather together like we are doing this morning and we are worshiping him, God is there. In Acts 13, 1 to 3, we are told of the prophets and teachers who gathered to minister unto the Lord as they were worshiping and fasting and praying, the Lord spoke. The Lord spoke and said, separate me, Paul and Barnabas, unto the mission to which I have sent to them. What was the last time as we gathered together and we worshiped and the Lord spoke? It could be in your, in your family devotion. It could be in our church worship. It could be whatever we gather together to, to, to minister. We should expect a response from the Lord. Praise God. God inhabits our praises. Now, when, you, when we get a revelation of this fact, each time you come to worship, you should have expectation. When you come to the house of God, you should have expectation. You don't come empty, empty-headed. Just come to where, just come hang out. Hang, hang out. You know, you're looking at the ash people are wearing, you know, looking at, oh, the music is not that, you know, some people have it. Instead of enjoying the presence of God, they join the fellowship of criticism. The sound is not good. That person is not well-dressed. That, that, that. Rather, when you come before God, come with expectation because you are expecting God to be there. Praise God. It is an instrument of spiritual warfare. Praise and worship, especially when offered sacrificially, is an instrument of warfare. Praise God. And it's been, it's been said, when you have prayed and prayed, like now we have prayed and prayed, and we 
particularly for our country. And it seems like unrighteousness is really instead of righteousness, we should switch to praise. We should begin to switch to praise. We should pray, but praise, say, Lord, we thank you. We can see it. I can see a new Nigeria. I can see a new Nigeria. I bless you for a new Nigeria. I will see it. I will rejoice. I will, I will eat the fruit of the Lord. I begin to praise him. Because you have prayed, you have believed, and God is our prayer answering God. And we are believing time is now for a new Nigeria to emerge. People that say, Amen. I'm not moved by what I see. I don't care what's going on. The plan and purpose of God for this land has already been done. Let's begin to praise him and worship him. Let's look at Psalm 149. Psalm 149. Praise and worship as a tool for spiritual warfare. Let me take it from verse, verse 5. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. You know, when you sing from your bed, it could mean the bed of sickness, be the bed of loneliness. Sing aloud from that bed or a bed of rest or when the Lord rouses you up in the night. Sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and two edges sword in their hands. The word means the word of God. To what, for what purpose? To execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with feathers of iron to do what to execute on them the written judgment this honor have all his saints praise the lord so god has given us a weapon of offense praise it hasn't given it to unbelievers he's given it to us as a means of warfare when you pray and and, and it, things don't seem to be budge. begin to praise God and see what happens. Praise the Lord. Whatever demonic forces that's, that's, that's standing on the way, if, look, let me take, put it this way. When the enemy has thrown his best shot at you, when he thrown his best shot at you and expect you to cry and mourn and say, I'm not doing this thing again, and he just laughs. Is that all you can do? You disarm him. One of these, I'm the devil. Praise God when he threw the best shot. I had a test. I read somewhere that uh, Smith Wigglesworth was somewhere and he had some rattling noise around. And he came and saw some demonic fuss. Is that only you? I beg, beg go sleep, Joe. The devil doesn't like to be ignored. You can ignore him by your praise and worship. Try it out. It's power. You can't stand it. It's an antidote to worry and depression. Proverbs 17. Proverbs 17, 22. He said, a merry heart do a good like medicine, but a broken spirit who can bear. I hope I quoted that right. But a merry heart do a good like medicine. So I, I think somebody says, a merry praise is God's medicine bottle. Missing bottle. You know the, the amount of the prevalence of depression in our environment, including the house of God. 
depressed, you are depressed, you are depressed. You have a choice. Have a choice. Can I give in to it? You know? Or keep gossiping social media and all the fear mongering that's going on there. You know, how bad things are, how this happened. If you keep gossiping on this, it will get it will get you. You need to shut up those things. You know, this is a highly but sometimes I just TV, I just look at just hear any important thing. If it's if it's nonsense talk, I just switch off. I don't feed my mind with trash, you know. But feed your mind with praise with the word. Double A sword with your mind. High praise of God on your lips. Double A sword in your hands. You know, praise, worship is God's messing bottle. And finally, it makes us better witnesses for God. A life, a lifestyle of praise and worship makes us better witnesses of God. Let's look at Isaiah 61.3. Isaiah 61.3. Isaiah 61.3. I think our sister quoted it this morning. <clears throat> let me take it from verse Let me take it from verse, uh, uh, from verse, from verse one. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because it anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort those who mourn, you see? To comfort those, God has made provision to comfort us. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will send you the comforter. How can you be feeling morose, depressed, and, and abandoned when you have the comforter by you? Don't ignore him. Talk to him. Say, help me. He's there by your side to help. He's in you, in fact. To comfort all who mourn, who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be, do what? Glorified. Our lives should glorify him. You know, sometimes you go to witness and, and you're so morose, you're so tired, so weary, or you're, even the look of your face, the person you're going to witness say, what's your problem? What's your problem? If, you're, if your Jesus makes, makes you this sad, why are you introducing him to me? Say he had planted us trees of righteousness that he may be glorified. We are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. To do what? To show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness to his marvelous light. When we live a lifestyle of worship, live a lifestyle of worship, we advertise our Christ. We show forth his glory and we, we draw, people, draw people to him. That's what we are called to do. Whether you know it or not, once you announce that I'm a Christian, people are watching you. They are watching you, They're watching how you live. If your life is not joyful and happy, why do they want to follow the God you're serving? Praise the Lord. As we close, I just want to ask 
all of us. I don't know what life, where you are. Those of you here, those online, has the circumstances of life stolen your life for praise, I challenge you today to break free. And you can command your soul, my soul, praise down the Lord. My soul, praise down the Lord. I'd like to end up by giving a personal testimony that perhaps will help somebody. I have had my own share of dark days. After the passing of my late wife and her funeral, I traveled to rest in the States for about three months. And I came back and I remember the, the first night I came back and the people who came to welcome me had gone away and, um, and I lay alone in the house in the bed I shared with her for close to 40 years. And I turned my hand to where she used to lie, it was empty. I said to the Lord, so this is it. So this is it. And the Lord said to me, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that became my song. When I feel lonely, I said, Lord, at least I have your company by myself. I can enjoy your fellowship. Rather than feeling the emptiness of loneliness, I began to descend the presence of God. You can counter whatever circumstance life has done on you by the word, of, by the promise of the word of God. I don't know where you are today. I could tell you stories upon stories upon stories where this, what I'm sharing with you today, today has been of benefit to me. That's power in praise. Don't let the enemy shut your mouth. He will destroy you. That's what he wants to do. Don't allow him to do it. Let us pray. Just talk to the Lord. I don't know where you are. Those of us online. Just talk to the Lord. You can begin to say, Lord, I, I don't understand, but I, I praise you. I've been to, I've had many tears and sorrow. I've had questions for tomorrow. There have been times did no right from wrong, but in every situation, God gave me blessed consolation that my trials come to only make me strong. That's why I'm singing through it all, through it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. Learn to trust in God. Oh, oh, through it all. Oh, oh, through it all. That's why I'm singing through it all. Oh, oh, through it all. Amen. Mm -hmm.
If I never had the problems, I'd never know that God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in his word could do. That's why I'm singing to it all. Oh, it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God through it all, through it all. I've learned to depend upon His word. As we go into the communion. Let it be a point of contact to break whatever has stolen your praise, your worship. You're a covenant child of God. For I received from the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do some remembrance of me. The same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, a remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Given the word the Lord has brought us today, I just, you know, if as a place you can contact, renew contact with the spirit of God at a communion table. The Lord is, it's his, his, his family dinner. The Lord is here to minister to us. Whatever your challenge may be, you can talk to the Lord about it. 
We are covenant children. A covenant has two sides. A covenant has the privileges, the blessings of covenant. By faith, we can appropriate the, the blessing, covenant blessings. We also commit to responsibilities as a royal priesthood. My whole life will be to the praise and glory of his name. Let's bring out the bread. Lift up your bread and speak to the Lord. Whatever speaks of brokenness in your life, broken fellowship, broken home, broken marriage, broken faith, he was broken. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. Chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. By his stripes, we have been healed. As you take this prayer this morning, connect to that power and receive wholeness. Receive wholeness. Receive wholeness. You can pray on the behalf of your child. There be sickness that the Lord will touch them this morning. Be somebody here has a long-standing ailment. You pray them, pray doctors can't help you. The great physician is here now to help you. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. You have given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. By faith, we access that's ours. As we eat with thanksgiving, let us eat in faith together. The same man as we raise the, the wine, representative of the blood of Jesus, the blood of access, the blood that marks us for ownership, the blood that grants us victory, the blood that covers us, that seals us, the blood that makes a new and living way. I want you to put your faith whatever your need may be. The power in the blood. It's power in the blood. Father, we thank you for the blood you shed for us. Oh, the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus that washes quiet as snow. The blood that Jesus shed on the cross, it has never lost its power. Reaches to the highest mountains, it goes to the deepest valley. Or the blood that sets us free. We appropriate all that the blood stands for. Thank you, Father. Whether you're here online, appropriate the covenant blessings. Thank you, Lord. Shall we all drink together by faith? Father, we thank you. 
give you praise and glory and honor. Be your faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. It's announcement. the Lord. Praise Jesus. You will all agree with me that we have received a message that has lifted the soul. Because I know that quite a few people have been depressed. Depressed by a whole lot of things. But this is such a lifting up so I really thank God for this. And it reminded me of something that happened over 23 years ago. I was a young Christian, even though I'm old. I was young and I was an usher. I was an usher in church. And at a time like this, when after a message like this, there was a call for offering. So here was I, this usher, carrying the baskets. And I was standing next to one very, very smallish lady. Very smallish, very, very diminished in several ways. And I noticed everything she did. For she opened her bag, pulled out all the jewelry in her bag, and removed her very expensive watch and threw it into the basket. I was, I was amazed because I was wondering. In my heart at that moment, I was like, God, please, whatever it is, help her. And that was the pattern we got into the ushering room to count the offerings. And when, I, when we brought out that wristwatch, the people who knew about such things were dazed because they said it was the most expensive 
wristwatch they had ever seen. So I took notice of that lady. I kept on watching her, wondering, asking myself, what was it? What was it? What was it? 15 years down the line, I was part of a government group that went to visit companies that were exceptionally good. That big outfit that was first